Hey guys, welcome to the Touchdown Table podcast. We've got a lot of interesting topics to cover uh, in this week's podcast. So I'm going to turn it over to Tyler, who's telling us what we're talking about first. Yeah, so obviously you can't see anything, but we're doing this virtually uh, because we cannot all be together for safety reasons. But we're going to keep the podcast going. And um, let's start off with some sad news. Um, Important to talk about, but in that Bengals game, everyone knows what happened to Joe Burrow, torn ACL and MCL. So um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? And then I'll give you mine as well later on. But um, first off, uh, we have Jordan and Ryan with us right now, and Brandon will be joining us later. But let's start off talking about Joe Burrow. So, Jordan, let's start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I'll get to Joe Burrow in just a second. But I wanted to say one thing before I jump into it. Tyler mentioned how we're not all together, and that's because uh, I, Jordan, have COVID, so we can't all be together. So hopefully the podcast sounds good. Hopefully everything sounds right. Um, we are doing our best here for you guys. So with that being said, uh, talking about Joe Burrow, um, Tyler asks us how we feel. And I think there's just one distinct answer around the NFL. And it's just kind of devastated. I mean, this is a guy that he, it is really hard to not like him. He's got such a great character. He's such a cool guy. It just seems like if you were to ever meet Joe Burrow, it'd be a great time. Uh, he's funny. Uh, he has fun. He's a great football player. And uh, for the NFL, I think it's just a tough th- thing to see him go down. So much support for him, and he's going to be one of the young studs in our league for a long time. So, as he said, he'll recover. He will be back next year, uh, but it sucks that we're going to uh, miss out on some time of seeing Joey Burrow. But uh, like everyone around the league, it's kind of very, it's very upsetting, and I just hope the best for him and his recovery. Yeah, and I yeah. just want to add on. Or go ahead. Sorry. I mean, we all do, and I'm sure you'll add on as well. But Jordan hit on it pretty nicely. You guys can still hear me all right, good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, Jordan hit on it very nicely um, as he started off with it. But with Joe Burrow, it's just so sad to see it, especially the extent of the injury. Obviously, so many prayers up for him right now. He seems like he's in high spirits, which is good. You never like to see a player, especially one of his caliber, so early in his career or get hurt like he did. Um, so extremely sad. And when I saw it, I'm obviously I'm not rooting for anyone to get hurt at all, but I went, Oh, not Joe. Come on. Like, it's just one of my favorite guys in the NFL already. And it's just so sad. So Ryan, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to add on real quick to say, you know, how, um, unfortunate it is and how, how sad we all are and, you know, how sad really everyone around the league is just such a likable guy, you know, he really burst onto the scene last year at LSU. Everyone uh, knew him from there and then becoming the uh, number one overall pick. And he was having a great rookie year. But my message to, to Bengals fans who are obviously uh, the most upset about this because that's their franchise quarterback. Now you're probably not going to win too many more football games. So have a higher draft pick uh, than you would have as if, if Burrow was healthy. Still would have been fairly high, but they could very well be picking in the top five again uh, because of this Burrow injury because, I mean, I don't know how many more games they could win. Probably a couple, but I think that's the silver lining for this because then they'll have an opportunity to maybe improve this offensive line because, you know, you hate to say it, but, I mean, you know, Burrow's been taking hits all year, and unfortunately it just was um, a bad one that he got for this injury. So uh, maybe uh, the Bengals will be able to, you know, revamp that offensive line next year, hopefully maybe with a high draft pick in free agency. But like Burrow said uh, in a tweet, you know, they can't get rid of him that easy and he'll be back next year. So uh, everyone here uh, wishes him the best and uh, he'll be back, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And just another injury added to an already injury-filled year. We saw Dak Prescott go down. We saw Nick Bosa go down early. We see a lot of other people 
but on this year as well. And now Joe Burrow's name is added to that unfortunate list of this phenomenal 2020 uh, as a whole, right? So great. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I mean, but um, let's, let's, let's get to someone who's having at least um, a pretty good week of 2020. And I'm sure you guys are going to be ready to talk about this. Um, let's talk about P.J. Walker. Yeah. Because for the Carolina Panthers, I feel like it's definitely worth mentioning um, what he was able to do in his first start. The Panthers shutting out the Lions. What did you guys think about Walker's performance? It was so great to see. It was so great to see because – um, you know, uh, Walker was very relevant back in, you know, February around the time, you know, when the XFL was in its prime, he led the Houston Roughnecks to a five and record. Uh, he was no doubt the MVP of that league, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, when the XFL comes back in the spring of 2022, people are going to remember PJ Walker and how relevant he became, you know, uh, because of his success in the XFL, got a job on Carolina's roster, worked his way up to number two on the depth, on the depth chart. And, you know, his opportunity came with the injury to Bridgewater and he played very well and uh, led Carolina to an upset victory. So I was, it was really nice to see PJ Walker, a guy who's paid his dues uh, through the XFL, then kind of became irrelevant. But now I can say with absolute certainty that Walker is relevant again because uh, he played well and he won that game for Carolina. He's an athletic guy, nice skill set, and a, a good pickup by Carolina in free agency from the XFL. So really glad to see Walker relevant again. That's something I've wanted to see for a while. Yeah, it was nice to see Walker relevant again, Ryan. And just to read off his stats, um, <laughs> he was he had. I think this is right. Hold on, give me one second. Is this right? There it is. Okay, he was uh, twenty-four for thirty-two, or yeah, twenty-four thirty-two for two hundred and fifty-eight yards with a touchdown and two interceptions. So you would like to see those two picks go away, but. Yeah, one day, too many interceptions, think, right? What? That's right. One, one too, one too many interceptions. It was I one too like. many interceptions. You, you, well, you don't want more picks than touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still, uh, first start for PJ Walker, so he played very well. Uh, of course, got to give a shout out to the defense as well because they shut down that Lions offense. But uh, it was nice to see Walker back out there on the field, and I'm sure we'll see that uh, again, hopefully, sometime soon. Right, Tyler? Well, yeah, and I was going to say, you know, I really liked Walker back a couple months ago um, in the XFL days. You know, there was just so much to like about the play, the stats. All of that was very appealing to me. And then it kind of just went away once the XFL went away for a couple months. But, I mean, if Walker keeps performing like he is right now, there's a chance that um, he could start to be one of my favorites again. I could start to like him even much more. Things can change. But um, right. I don't think I don't think he's at that point where he can be a starter necessarily in the NFL. But um, a guy who can definitely hold his own, and we'll see what happens with Walker because it's been quite a journey already. It could get even yeah. more interesting. It has been quite a journey for Walker, to say the least. Yep. All right. Well, um, those were the two players that I wanted to highlight. Some big stories from this week, um, and I got a couple of teams to highlight as well. Um, the Saints, we haven't made a uh, podcast in two weeks now. I don't know if we've talked about them very much, but seven wins in a row um, as we're making this podcast. So oh, obviously a lot to like from them. Let's, let's give the defense some credit. Ryan, I'll have you start off with that. Uh, and, and we know how good this offense has been for years, but the defense is playing like they have never been before, it feels like. 
Yeah, they are playing well, and I think it's a whole team effort right now. That's why New Orleans currently has that number one seed in the NFC, and that's why they've won seven straight, because even though Drew Brees is out, they have the depth, they have the players at the skill positions on both sides of the ball. So I think when you look at New Orleans, I mean, they always start out a little shaky. They started out one and two, but I knew they were going to be fine. I think we all knew they were going to be fine. So that doesn't really come as honestly much of a surprise. Eight and two, they're playing very well. The defense is keeping them in games. Uh, They played very well against the Falcons offense uh, in their last game and that's especially important when your starting quarterback is out and with the Saints team um, they have the they have the talent they have the experience they have the coaching I think everything is there and that's why um, I picked them to win the Super Bowl back before the season Jordan did as well so I'm sure he has a lot of the same reasons as me and he'll say those in a second I'm sure but with New Orleans they're just playing a complete team and we're seeing the most complete well-rounded New Orleans Saints team that we've seen in a while so that's why I think and I'm sure they think they can go a long way. Yeah, and Ryan said earlier that uh, nobody, none of us were really nervous about the Saints candy stuff. They were going to just be perfectly fine. I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit nervous in my Super Bowl prediction at one point at the beginning of the season. I know they dropped games early, but it still is tough to see. Uh, Drew Brees is not playing the football that I would have liked him to play. They still didn't have Michael Thomas in the field. Emmanuel Sanders was on and off, and that defense was not as good as it is right now. So I was a little iffy, but that's all gone now because they've been playing some phenomenal football recently. Me and Ryan, they're both very happy about our predictions right now for the Super Bowl. And you know what? The Saints are lined up to get to the playoffs and lose the Vikings again. I mean, it is right there. They're playing good enough to do that, right? So uh, yeah. hopefully that's the Vikings got to pick it up, though. What? The Vikings would have to pick yeah, it up. Yeah, the Vikings got to hold their end of the bargain. That's true, yeah. Um, but, you know, they can lose to another team if they want, I guess. Uh, but I'm really excited about the Saints team. Uh, the defense, as Tyler mentioned before, they've played a lot better. Uh, but there's some few people really doing very well, getting pressure on the quarterback. They got a bunch of sacks on that Ryan last week. And this offense, it's really great. Even with Drew Brees out, Taysom Hill played very well. And I was skeptical about Taysom Hill stepping in there. I thought it could have been Jameis. Um, but he played very well, made some really good passes. I'm not going to make this comparison because, I mean, I'm going to make it, but I'm not going to mean it that much. Uh, it kind of reminded me a bit of Patrick Mahomes, just the way that he was able to move and throw the ball on the run, throw the ball at certain angles. Uh, he hadn't started the game since BYU, and um, I'm sure Zach Wilson's happy with him. Uh, but he hadn't started the game since BYU, and he played very well. So i got to give my status to Jason Hill, but offense and defense really playing well as unit. I've talked about other teams being rounded, but right now, after what I've seen the past two weeks, I think the Saints are the most rounded team in the half hour right now and the team that you do not want to play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I, definitely, I definitely agree as well. Um, honestly, you can make an argument that although this team's two uh, losses away from the top record in the NFL, they are, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, I would put the Steelers at number one in my power rankings because they have a better record, which kind of contradicts itself. But as of what we've seen in the last two or so weeks, I wouldn't say the full season. That's why the Steelers would be ahead. They've been more consistent over the full season. But in the last three, four, even five, six, seven games, this team has been one of the best. And now what we've seen in the last three, they've been, in my opinion, the best. Their defense Mm -hmm. has played very well. The front seven is playing great. They even have a better secondary that's going right now. It's not just the Marshawn Lattimore show anymore. There's a yeah. lot of other guys mixed in as well. And then the offense is always what it is. Jason Hill impressed, as Jordan mentioned as well. Uh, Elvin Kamara, 
Michael Thomas seems like he's returning to what he was. And that's scary that they were playing well, even when Michael Thomas was not what he was doing, what he was supposed to be do or supposed to do with his 99 overall Madden ranking and um, being the best receiver in many people's eyes in the league last year. Yeah. So uh, and well, one, one quick thing with the saints, uh, there's been concerns about Drew Brees' arm strength and their vertical passing game. But the thing is with the saints, Whenever, uh, you know, the vertical passing game is not there, they just check it down to Alvin Kamara because he really opens up that part of the game for them. So, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe Drew Brees' arm isn't quite what it once was, but when you have a check down guy like Kamara, uh, it's not that big of a problem. Hold on for a second. Can't hear you very well. I'm sorry. Is, Is this better? Not really. I'm not sure what's going on, but um, can you hear me at least a little bit? I'll let you guys talk while I try and fix the problem. Um, yeah, I can't hear you very well. Uh, but um, I guess I'll have to come up with a topic on the fly because I don't have a piece of paper in front of me. Tell talk about the Buccaneers. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties right now. Um, so I guess something we could talk about is I'm just going to go with the 49ers because they're a team that I have kind of some strong feelings about. And – 49ers, a team that got to the Super Bowl last year, uh, were, were a really great team, had that phenomenal defense, and their team has really kind of changed this year. They've lost some parts uh, throughout the offseason, and even during the season, they lost some two, a lot of injuries on that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so uh, that, that was really tough for them, uh, losing, like I mentioned earlier, Nick Bosa, who went away, and uh, that's it's tough, but um, so with, with this team right now, um, you know, I, ha- I have my doubts about them because they went through the, the Super Bowl last year and going into this year, obviously, you expect it to be good, but uh, this defense has not been playing to the level that I want it to. And uh, the offense, I don't even think they were that good last year. I think that they were absolutely carried by the run game, uh, the the trio, or yeah, I think it was a trio of running backs last year, really did well. And credit to Kyle Shanahan for finding ways for his offense to play good. But I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. I don't. They said he was going to be the starter next year, and I guess it makes sense because they signed him and spent so much money on him. But I honestly am not a huge fan of how his career is going right now. I want to see his play increase. I want to see his play get better. And right now with this 49ers team, I am a bit, a bit skeptical about their future. Yeah, and I'm just going to add on real quick with that. Nice job coming up, coming up with the topic on the fly there because they're an interesting team because they're kind of the odd team out in this NFC West race. They're the one team that's, uh, you know, kind of out of the mix unless they absolutely go on a tear this final stretch of the season, and even that might not be enough. But with San Francisco, I, I just think this is a team, and I've said this before, that it was just not their year. They were plagued by uh, they were plagued by injuries. They were plagued by a tough division. They've had some COVID problems, as had every team. It's just such a unique year. There's concerns about Jimmy Garoppolo, so I'm eager to see, do they, you know, ride with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, they're such a run-first team anyway. Is it worth spending a first-round pick or a big, you know, contract in free agency on a quarterback? That's up for their management to decide. But, um, you know, I don't think they're, you know, quite as bad as some people are saying, but are they on the same tier as the rest of their division? Not this year. Can you guys hear me? All right, Tyler, uh, can, can you hear it now? I don't know. Can you hear me? No. <laughs> Faintly. Hold on. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the uh, list of stuff so you guys. Uh, can you probably can't hear him. He said, "Hold on." He's gonna bring me up uh, the list of topics to talk about while he tries to fix his audio. So as we wait for him to come up, Ryan, I just like to ask you this question: uh, How's your day going? Uh pretty well. Pretty well. It's a pretty well day. Pretty nice day. Um, going well. Uh, just uh, obviously, you know, we can't see each other in person right now, but uh, hopefully, uh. By the next time we're recording a podcast, we'll be all sitting around the microphone together and we'll be doing this in person because that's obviously the preferred way. But, um, you know, until then, just staying safe, staying home and, you know, getting ready to watch some football this week. So pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm ready to watch some football this week. And speaking of watching football, uh, Thanksgiving this week, and we got three games on as usual. Uh, So let's go over those a bit as uh, when this podcast comes out, those games will be tomorrow so first one is the lines and Ryan your Texans uh I'll let you start uh what are your feelings about this game well even though the teams in it aren't that good record wise you got the Texans coming in at three and seven and Detroit at four and six uh, I think it'll be a good game at least I think it'll be competitive I think it'll be back and forth I think when Matt Stafford plays his best he can be great and we know when Deshaun Watson plays his best he can be great and I really uh even though the Texans probably aren't going anywhere as far as the playoffs are concerned um, I really am excited for the world to see that Deshaun Watson is not the reason this team is three and seven and that he still uh, has a strong case of being in the top five uh, when it comes to quarterbacks in this league. Cause he's definitely uh, kind of been forgotten. I feel like, and that, that's understandable. I don't blame people, but I think, you know, with this game being on Thanksgiving national TV, I hope that um, Deshaun plays well so people can see that um, his play is not reflective of his team's state. He's kept this team afloat in the few games they've won. He's been a big reason why. And for the Detroit side, I mean, they need this one if they want any chance in the NFC because if they fall to four and seven, um, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be possible. But if they win this game, uh, they're five and six, the Lions would be. So um, this is a big game, I mean, for Detroit. I mean, the Texans are basically out of it. But regardless of the records, I think this will be a pretty fun game to watch. I think there's a lot of offensive talent in this game, especially – I mean, obviously, a big storyline for me is, is DeAndre Swift going to play? Because that Texans run defense is absolutely horrible. So that's going to be, be a big storyline for Detroit. I do think my Texans will pull off the win, but I think it'll be a fun game despite the record. So I know everyone's saying, oh, there's only one good game on Thanksgiving. I think they'll all be competitive, even if the teams in them aren't that great. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited, too. It's something I want to talk about. Ryan, we covered the Texans well, and I'll go back to that in just a second, but uh, the Lions are really hoping they get Kenny Gallagher back in this game. Before the season, I talked about how uh, after the season, he would be a consensus top five, five receiver. And I stand by that if he was able to stay on the field the whole season, but he has really been banged up. It has not been a season for staying out there, but when he's out there, he's making phenomenal catches. And he really is a game taker for this Lions team. Well, Matthew Stafford has him out there to throw to when he has him as a weapon. This offense looks different. And his team, it just seems like plays a lot better. So that's going to be a key to the Lions in this game. And then with the Texans, Ryan, I have a question for you. Uh, you guys know I'm a fancy football guy. And I got Duke Johnson on my team, okay? So, Ryan, do you think I should play Duke Johnson uh, this week? The Lions are the worst uh, rush defense in fantasy football-wise. Uh, did he get a lot of carries last week? What do you think? Well, I think when you look at if you play Duke Johnson or not, obviously it depends. You got to look at all the running backs you have, who do you have on your bench, you know, who's available. But I mean, it almost feels like it's due because this Texans run game has been non-existent, but Detroit has been horrible at stopping the run. So I don't know what's going to, um, what's going to give here. So I think you definitely should strongly look at starting him because it almost feels like he's due. 
He's gotten virtually all of the Texans running carries and they used him in the past game a little bit. So I think, you know, this is probably uh, if I'm you, if I'm a Duke Johnson fantasy owner, I'd say, all right, this is your last chance. I mean, he probably hasn't put up much for you, maybe like a point or two. So I, I think you give him, you know, one more run, you know, this is David Johnson will be back after this game uh, probably. So I think you give him one more run, see what he can do against a horrible run defense. The Texans will know that Detroit is the horrible run defense. They see these things too. So maybe they'll try and say, okay, this is a time where we could actually take some of the load off of Deshaun Watson because he's been their leading rusher like a ridiculous amount of times. Like it's not acceptable by any means in my opinion. But I, I think you give Duke Johnson one more go. But if he doesn't do it this week against the Detroit defense, then I, I don't know. I think I, I can't defend him anymore after that. All right, thank you, Ryan. I'll, I'll take that into account and into my decision. So the next game uh, is the afternoon game, and always uh, it's the it's Washington playing, and uh, and and uh, the Cowboys playing as well. There are always two teams that usually uh, play on Thanksgiving. But the Cowboys have been taken off, I think, a few years in a row now, or maybe no. This is the game that's always on, right? It's always Washington and Cowboys. Thanks. I don't know, maybe my mind is just blanking. But anyways, that's who it is. Uh, this could be a good game. It's an important game in a very sloppy NFC East. That's been the story of the, this year, really, besides injury, is the NFC East, how uh, just awful it has been. But this is an important game because the winner of this game uh, takes the vision, and, and we'll see what happens on Sunday with the Giants and the uh, Eagles playing as well. Uh, Tyler, do we have you? Uh, I don't know. Yes, do you? We do. We got right, well, well, I'm on my phone now doing this, so <laughs> I might try to go back on the computer in a second to see if I can fix it. But I'm talking about what you guys are mentioning. I don't know if you mentioned it yet because I had to go out of the meeting for a second. But these two teams have already played, and last time they did, Washington won. We talked about this game earlier on our YouTube channel, <laughs> the Touchdown Table on YouTube, talking about uh, the winner of this game could be the favored team to win the NFC East because the way it's going right now, um, this the tiebreaker is going to be needed because there's not going to be so m- too many wins, it looks like. And I, I don't know. Ryan mentioned it earlier. This game is very important uh, in this division. And even though it seems like a boring game, it has huge implications on the pl- playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And, um, that's another thing we talked about when we talked about the Texans-Lions game. The teams in it might not be the best, but uh, it's going to be a competitive game, in my opinion. I think that that's true for both of the first two Thanksgiving games. Don't really have any good teams. No one in those first two games has got a winning record, but I think they will be uh, games worth watching for sure. I mean, it's Thanksgiving football. You should be watching it anyway. But um, I, I think with the, with the Dallas-Washington game, it's just going to come down to uh, what Andy Dalton do we see. Do we see the Andy Dalton in the uh, that we saw when the Cowboys played the Cardinals on that Monday night game where he looked out of sorts, he was you know out of sync with his receivers? Or do we see the uh, Andy Dalton and the Cowboys team that we saw against Minnesota last week? Because they played very well. They were able to put up points on the board. They finally used those great receivers they have because when they're playing at their best, I still think Dallas could have um, you know one of the best, you know, wide receiver groups in the league so it'll be interesting to see um it's kind of hilarious that these two three and seven teams will be battling for a division lead but it's 2020 it's the nfc east and i'm excited to watch it so um we will see we will see what happens but it's surely uh very funny that we've got three and seven teams battling out for first Mm -hmm. and this nfc east it's been a whole story and i think at this point uh instead of uh, just constantly pointing out how bad this is. 
we should just expect it at this point and just watch the race uh, and, and kind of wait to see the results and be entertained by it. Because even if this is a bloody division like it is, it's still going to be tight. And you know what? It's football. Uh, it's not going to be very possible, but once one of these teams makes the playoff uh, and, and they're four seed and they play the five, uh, there's a shot they can win the game. And it just sounds ridiculous, but it's football. Yeah. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. Players are all professional. And if they wanted enough, they can do it. So just have to remember that. Yeah, and that's a great point you made there, Jordan, because one of these teams is going to make the playoffs. And it doesn't matter whether you went undefeated and you're the number one seed or if you went sixth and ten and what somehow won your division, you're in the playoffs. And, you know, it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter what division you come from. You know, they know what they have to do. Every team knows what they have to do once they get into the playoffs. So if you just get into the playoffs, I mean – who cares? Who cares that you're from the NFC East? Who cares that you're six and ten? You know, obviously that your record still exists, but theoretically, you know, once it's playoff time, you're you're zero and zero, and you just got to go one and zero each week. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, there's seeds and home field advantage and better teams and worse teams, but yeah. But the fact of the matter is, you know, right now, what are you going to do? Say yeah, say Dallas plays. I don't know. Say Dallas plays Tampa in a wild card game. Tampa was better in the regular season, but you know, the Buccaneers have shown to be beatable. And hey. You know, Dallas could be like, hey, we got here. Let's give it our best shot. And, you know, who knows? We've seen crazier things happen in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something crazy that's going to happen on, on Thanksgiving night is this next game. Uh, it's the Steelers at the Ravens. We've talked about how these two other games were important for their team. Uh, this one, very important for both of these teams. A lossless Steelers team playing a Ravens team that was expected to go uh, undefeated and they are struggling right now. I think they're six and four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that correct? They're six and four. No, you're right. Um, so they want to take a step up, and the Steelers want to stay where they are. It's an AFC North divisional battle, and something that's going to be very important to come towards the end. Because if the Ravens lose this game and go six and five, imagine how weird that would be. After people expecting them to go sixteen and zero. They were predicted by something at the beginning of the season that it was mo- most likely that they would go 16-0, and they'd go 6-5. and five. That would be really weird. Uh, Tyler, do we have you? Um, I don't, oh, wait. Look, do you have me? I yeah. Know. I think it's good enough. I, I think we should take Talk it, about, right? Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, I think there's been some important games going on um, in all of this, but this one could be the most important in my mind. Um, because these teams are both um, top dog teams right now. Uh, I mean, you look at it, the Ravens have been struggling as of recently, but with the Steelers, they, they're trying to hold on to their record, and the Ravens are just trying to keep themselves in this division, and they can't do that if they lose this game. So, I mean, with John Harbaugh, he's got to be ready to go into this game. And um, same thing for Mike Tomlin. Both these coaches got to be ready because I don't think either team – wants to lose. They don't like each other on a Thanksgiving matchup. It's going to be intense. It always is intense when those two get together. Yeah. And as Ryan said earlier, uh, the other two games, they're games are not people, uh, people are not as excited for, but I agree with Ryan. I think they're going to be competitive. This one is something that people are excited for, and I really hope it's going to be competitive. Um, I don't really care who wins this game. I just want to see a fun game. I kind of want both sides to win because I want the Steelers to stay undefeated. And even though I'm not a huge Ravens guy, 
I mean, they can't go six and five. They can't, right? So yes, they uh, can. Let's see what happens. So they're, <laughs> they're going to. Board. Yes, they. they... It, look, it looks more, like uh, they might. Yeah. Looks like they could. They were supposed to go sixteen and zero. What happened? Yeah. Hey, we, none of us predicted them to go sixteen and zero. I don't know. No, who... I know, I know. But you know what? I predicted them to go, and hey, that's looking a lot more possible what, than what record do you have them going? I had them going eight and eight, and I have the proof on the touchdown table Instagram. I believe. Right. Well. Yeah, he he was very low on him, so I that that's yeah. definitely believable. Yeah. So I am pulling for Pittsburgh a little bit. <laughs> I don't. You're not not gonna lie. The Baltimore. So uh, I don't know if that's quite going to happen eight and eight, but you know what? With the season they've had right now and the fun that they're in, uh, we shall see. So there he's showing us right now. The entire yep. both had them going 11 and 5, by the way. Um, if, if they, so if they win out, we'll be right. Could be right. Uh, so, with that being said, um, <laughs> let's move on to our next topic. And that is uh, college football. We're going to go top 25 predictions. So by the time you're watching this, uh, the, the AP, or not AP, so the committee, the first committee rankings came out uh, last yeah. night. So, you'll know what everything is. We're going to make predictions on stuff right now. And you'll be able to go back if you haven't already and see if you're right. And if you already know what it is, then you'll be able to confirm right now since you're so smart. Um, so I guess we'll start with Tyler since he hasn't got much talking time in this. Tyler, uh, predictions for the top 25. Well, I'm expecting to see Alabama at one um, still. I don't think that changes uh, at all. Um, and then I think Ohio State with – I know they won, but it was a slim margin in a game. I'm sure they expected to win by a lot, even though um, Indiana was nine going in. They put up a heck of a fight. Um, so, honestly, I think that game kind of favored Indiana more than it did Ohio State. So, I would probably see um, Notre Dame maybe at two, then Clemson, and then maybe Ohio State at four. So, definitely not out of the playoffs, but – uh, I could definitely see him dropping after another win. So, yeah, I think you are not playing a game in that. I mean, I mean, I I know Clemson has more losses, but to me, I I can see looking at the eye test right now, they've had more games played than Ohio State has, and Ohio State, I know a good team in Indiana, but almost lost. Just, to, I mean, I'm not expecting it to happen, but I think it could happen. Well, that game yeah. at the end was close, but I feel like. It was not as close as the score showed. I mean, it, it did not get in the first half, but in the second half, Ohio State did not look like themselves. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields did not look like himself in that game. I think at the end, of, I think at the end, he had two picks, uh, which he had to throw a pick for that game. So there definitely is reason to move this Ohio State team down. Though they have a lot of talent. Their defense is a problem with Ohio State. Justin Fields is playing great. Great, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and the two of running backs are also doing some great stuff, but. That defense really took a step down. Uh, Sean Wade is the headliner on that defense. It really uh, did not look too good. And Indiana was nine going in. I ranked nine going in. So I don't think you could be too upset with the, uh, what would it, I think Ohio State was at first three going in. So the three teams uh, playing the nine team, you expect it to be kind of close. So I don't think you can knock Ohio State too much. You would have liked to see them play better, but I still think Indiana is a good team. Yeah, they um, are. They definitely are. Honestly, I like I said, like this kind of favors them. I could still see them. I don't know if they'll move up, but I don't know how much they would move down. We didn't expect yeah. them to beat Ohio State, and they were competitive. I think they'll the absolutely AP, still be in the top fifteen. Indiana, I really do. Because they moved down, they moved down now, right? 
Honestly, I don't. I don't know. I. I kind of. That's what I expected out of a number nine team against Ohio State. I. I if I was, I'd have to look at the, the AP poll again. But um, to me, I don't know how far they would move down, if at all. To me, it should not be very far, if any. Indiana is at yeah. twelve right now in the AP poll. Where are they at? Twelve. So okay, down that's not too bad. No, that's about right. I mean, who's, I think I might have them a few spots higher. Read it off to me. Who's nine, ten, eleven, and eleven? Yeah. Um, you know who no, 9, 10, and 11 is? Not Art. 9, 10, is, and 11? 9 is Oregon, 10 is Miami, 11 is Northwestern. I like to see I, I okay. think they should be ahead of Oregon for sure. Oregon's okay. played three games. They have not looked that good. Their only dominant win was against Stanford. They were trailing against Washington State at halftime, and they only beat UCLA by three. I mean – I don't think Oregon should be ahead of uh, Indiana. I know, you know, maybe if this was a normal season, they'd have more games, more opportunities to showcase their challenge. But we have not seen the committee rankings yet as the time we're at the time we're recording this. Obviously, now when you're listening to this, you have. But my prediction is that is that the committee isn't going to be quite as high on Oregon as some people might expect. I don't think Oregon will be in the top 10 just because they have no ranked wins. They have not been dominant. And we've talked about this before. If Oregon wanted any chance to go anywhere playoff wise, they had to dominate and they, you know, they're Season's like half over, and they have not done that. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that uh, with Oregon. And a question I have for you guys is: um, we are all watching uh, in our own separate households because I have to insist. We are all watching that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game, and Oklahoma yeah. they looked like they were playing a lot better. I don't think there's a shot to make the playoffs. Exactly, it's extremely uh, basically impossible. But they look really looking really good. I think the future is right for this team. Last year, uh, with Jalen Hurts on the squad and Steve Van, uh, we saw this offense really do the thing that controlled the team, but the defense really stepped up, uh, headlined by Ronnie Perkins. Right now, they are at 14 in the AP poll. What do you guys expect them to land in the committee? In the committee? Yeah. What, what do you I, think? I mean, what did you say? Where do you think they're going to go? They're at 14 right now. What, do you think they're going to stay around that area? Uh, for Oklahoma, I think yeah. that um, it kind of depends. Let me just see really quick where I have them. I believe that um, as I pull up my rankings right here, I think the Big 12 is interesting because they beat each other up so much. Right now, I have Oklahoma at 13. I think I was a little bit lower on them early just because they had two bad losses early in the year. Um, but I think I have them at 13. I have, I have them as the second highest two-loss team. I have them just behind Iowa State who beat them. But that is an interesting storyline. Who's going to be the highest two-loss team? Because, you know, even if, you know, we're not talking about the playoffs, we're talking about, you know, the Big 12 standings. You know, will Oklahoma have a shot to keep their reign in the Big 12 going? You know, who will they play in the Big 12 championship if they get there? And even if, you know, there's still more on the line. Can they get into a New Year's Six Bowl? You know, can they at least get into the top 10 to at least get some pride um, you know, after such a disappointing start going one and two, I expect Oklahoma to be anywhere from uh, I, I'd say 10 to 14, because we cannot forget the loss to Kansas State at home and the loss to Iowa State early. I mean, I know Iowa State's proven to be good, but Kansas State at home, that one, um, you know, at, that that's one that really catches the committee's eye. And I think some of the other two losses teams, two loss teams don't have losses quite as bad as that. Like you look at Georgia's two losses to Alabama and Florida, two teams that will probably be in the top six. Uh, and then Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. So I think Oklahoma will be somewhere in the early teens, maybe 10 at the highest. So 10 to 14 is my guess for them. All right. And then one more question I have 
um, your guys' predictions. So right now the team's knocking the door on the playoffs. Oh, Texas A&M at five, Florida at six, Cincinnati at seven, and BYU at eight. I think those are the ones that you mentioned. Uh, Cincinnati and BYU both undefeated, then Texas A&M is five and one, Florida is six and one. Um, and so which one of those four teams do you think has the best shot of making the playoffs? And also, if you want to run through those teams, say quickly what you think of them, then go ahead and do that too. Well, uh, I don't know if any of them will definitively make the playoffs. I think the top four, the top four right now could stand as it is already. But, um, I mean, I, I would say most likely Florida in my mind. I mean, their loss was um, not exactly terrible. But, um, I mean, I could, I could see them with the schedule they put up, the teams they've beat so far. And just really just the eye test right now. Kyle Trask is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in college football, looking like he can make himself a top pick in the 2021 NFL draft. He decides to go there. Um, so with the eye test, I would say Florida, but Texas A&M is playing well. You mentioned BYU. They don't really have the schedule to prove themselves as much. And then Cincinnati, I wish they could make it to the playoff because I like them so much. Luke Fickle has done a great job with his team. I just I, – I don't know if they can get there unless they continue to win by 30 points in every single game. Uh, yeah, and with that, I'll let, Ryan, I'll let you answer your question or answer the question. I also have another question for you. I want you to evaluate BYU and Cincinnati and why or why not – or why they should not make the playoff. So, first of all, give us which one of those four teams I mentioned before have the best shot. And then uh, analyze BYU and Cincinnati. They're undefeated. But just in case people are kind of confused, tell them why uh, you don't believe they should be in the playoffs. Uh, well, that, that's like a lot of uh, great points there because there's just so much to digest with this. But with your first question about which of those four teams on the outside looking in has the best shot, uh, I, I think it's Florida just because they have a clear path that they control their own destiny. They're going to be in the SEC championship. They'll have an opportunity to play Alabama. And if they beat Alabama, they're in 100%. Like, there's no doubt about it. If they lose, probably not. But I'm going to say Florida because they have um, the most, you know, control. They'll be in the SEC championship. Texas A&M won't. So even though Texas A&M beat Florida, if Florida wins the SEC, Florida's getting in. So Florida knows they control their own destiny. I think that's why they have the best chance. But then with Cincinnati and BYU, I mean, I'm skeptical because I just don't know how you could truly say that they've proven to be one of the top four teams yeah, I know it'd be a cool story in those teams. You know, they're so well coached. These are good football teams, but should an undefeated Cincinnati and an under, or an undefeated BYU get in, unless there's some chaos and like all the Pac-12 teams lose and, you know, the SEC, you know, does some, you know, things that help them. I don't think it's very likely, but again, it's 2020, it's college football, who knows? But I mean, they're playing well, but I mean, they're just not playing. Like BYU played North Alabama last week. Like, you, you, you can't – the way I see it, teams should not be able to let the playoff fall in their lap. They should have to go out and get the playoffs. They shouldn't have to – they shouldn't just say, oh, yeah, we're just going to beat up on these bad teams and watch our ranking go higher and higher. Maybe that works for a little bit, but when we get to right now where the committee is, I think the committee has to seriously take a step back and say, your schedule is great, you're undefeated, but the teams you're, you have beaten have not really shown us or proven to us that you are one of these top four teams, you know, they, I mean, the Pac-12 just announced that they're going to, you know, allow non-conference games. So if you're BYU or Cincinnati, reach out to Washington, reach out to Utah, try and schedule an open day with one of those teams. Sorry. What? 
I think BYU is trying to reach out to Washington. I saw that. Yeah, there was a whole story with that. Yeah. Like, but then BYU didn't want to because they didn't want to worry about the game being canceled. So, but uh, honestly, if you're BYU in Cincinnati, maybe they have the same open date. Maybe try and play each other. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what their schedule is, but I don't think that either of their current schedules will be enough to propel them in. Um, I think they'll need some help. That's possible. There's a lot of football left, but um, obviously once we see how high the committee is on them, we'll have a better idea on just what it will take. So is it likely that either of those two teams get in? No. Is it impossible? No. Do I think that they should, you know, be guaranteed a spot by going undefeated? No, but we just have to monitor this week by week. Cause that's why the committee does this every week. That's why it's a TV show every Tuesday night. So I say um, uh, they're down, but they're not out, but we'll just see how this rest of the season progresses. Yeah, and um, a lot of people, if you don't know college football, a lot of people are kind of confused. I'm like, why is there an undefeated team not making the playoffs? Like, if you don't know college football, it doesn't make that much sense. And, Ryan, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, the reason that undefeated teams in college football don't make the playoffs a lot of the time, or at least not a lot of the time, but some of the time, is because of their schedule. If you have a team like Ryan, like we were talking about BYU in Cincinnati, they're undefeated teams, but they haven't played any of these teams, let alone just the top four, really the top 25, and because of that, uh, they don't have a good enough resume. So if you're not a big college football guy and you're kind of confused on that, Ryan, I think you explained it very well, uh, but that is why that happened. So with that, shifting gears from college football back to NFL football and to uh, the Buccaneers, and let's just talk about it. We saw the Buccaneers uh, two nights ago on uh, if you're watching this on the day or listening to this on the day it comes out on Monday Night Football. And um, they've struggled at night in prime time. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the Buccaneers? Well, I mean, you mentioned it. I don't know what it is about the nighttime. I don't know if they're scared of the dark or something, but this team cannot perform in primetime games. I mean, we've seen it on Thursday night, Sunday night. And now Monday night, no matter what night it is, whenever it's night, this team is just not who they usually are for whatever reason. Um, I mean, recently the offense has been on and off. Uh, the defense has been pretty consistent throughout the year, but um, both need to complement each other um, all the time if they want to have a chance in this division against the Saints. And especially at night, it hasn't just happened. I mean, the the rushes are getting there. Um but not in time all the time. The coverage is a little bit off by these young guys. You can understand that. And then going to the offense, just some rough throws. They couldn't get any running game going, which they need, uh, even though they have great receivers. And they can't just throw the ball five yards down the field every time. they got to be able to get the ball downfield without forcing it and throwing a possible interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to add on about, um, you know, go back to Tampa, I think that, uh, you're right. The primetime games are a problem. It's a bit concerning because even in the one primetime game they won, it was close. They were trailing early uh, that game against the Giants, and they almost blew it at the end, but they didn't. So they did get a one win on primetime, which is good. But it is awfully interesting to see the inconsistency uh, when this team is playing under the lights. I mean, they've got veteran players. I don't think it's like a nerve thing where they're you know worried the whole world is watching. These are professional athletes. I do not think it's anything like that. I just don't know what it is. Bruce Arians tried to change up the practice schedule the week before um, – the Bucks Rams game and that clearly did not translate into a win. He had some night practices on uh, Friday and Saturday. I thought that was a good idea before and it still might have helped them. But I mean, at the end of the day, it did not translate into a win. 
They have the talent on paper. They still got time to sort it out. I still think they'll make the playoffs as a wild card, maybe get that, um, you know, greatly sought out, uh, sought out for number five seed. Who knows? Uh, they got a big test on Sunday, though, against uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs. So uh, that secondary has to play um, as well as they can because, um, you know, when you're playing Mahomes, well, that's what you need. But we've seen the secondary play very well, so it's possible. Same with the front seven. But um, it just kind of depends what Buccaneers we see. But the game, the games, I think, I think it's a game of the week. I don't think it's on prime time, so I think they'll they'll be better. Yes, they have been good on the game of the week. I feel like too. Yeah, no, like for in sure. General, because that was when they beat the Packers. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so for us to try to try to move fast because we're approaching six o'clock on Tuesday for us, and that means that the rankings uh, show is slowly coming so we're going to move on to our next topic real quick and that is playoff outlook for the nfl uh does someone have that pulled up if not i can get it pulled up but uh, i'm on i'm on instagram right now just have to stop there's a meme that says tom brady in prime time and it's a player uh sucking the ball directly at the ground so perfect timing to see that but anyways uh playoff outlook for this year Tyler, do you have it pulled up I don't have it pulled up, but I think yeah. I have it. I think I have it memorized. Oh, so yeah, um, I think the Saints have the one seed right now. I can't really see on Ryan's phone. Yeah, I'm but trying the, best. The yeah, this, this, yeah. Oh wait, the, no, hold the on. The Packers, are, the Packers, or the Rams have the two seed right now. The Rams, it's the Rams, too. right? The Rams, yeah. the Packers, and then the Cow or the Eagles right now. As we're making this, are all the division winners, and then it's the. Um, it's Seattle at five, Tampa at six, and then Arizona at seven. Um, so that's the current playoff picture for the NFC. Uh, that could change. We have some teams in the hunt. And then for the AFC, it's the Steelers at one, the Chiefs at two. Um, the is, Who's at three? The, the Bills. The Bills. And then the Colts are at four, right? Yes. And then that looks like um, five seed is – you just the read. Titans. I can't – the Titans yeah, the, are the five, the Browns are the six, and the Raiders are the seven seed. Is that what it is? Yeah, I know it's fuzzy on the screen. I'm trying to show it to you the best I can. But, yeah, Tennessee is the five seed. And just really quick before we dive into more of these teams, uh, if the season ended today, we get some interesting wild card matchups. We get Vegas and Kansas City, two seed versus seven seed, which we just saw. And then we get the four and five seed, Tennessee, Indianapolis, which we'll actually see – uh, this Sunday. So long way to go, but if the season ended today, we'd get some fun matchups. Yeah, we definitely would. And uh, things will definitely change in the playoff race, uh, whether it's wild card teams uh, making their way off, whether it's them falling back, or whether it's teams in the hunt uh, hunting hard enough to get uh, into a position to make the playoff. So with that being said, let's move on to our last topic of this podcast, uh, and that is the AFC South battle. Yeah, um, I put this down um, when I was writing out what we're going to talk about today because we're going to see the matchup that could decide it, right? The Titans and the Colts are playing this weekend on Sunday, which is going to be really exciting um, to watch there. And um, we've already seen them play once. It was a kind of a blowout game in favor of the Colts. But um, it's in Indianapolis. The winner of this game could possibly win the division. It seems like a two-team race at this point. I know Ryan doesn't like to admit it, but the Texans are basically not basically there out of the, the contention for this AFC South, it looks like. Um, yeah. But two really good teams to watch out for and could be sneaky in the playoffs if if 
um, they're able to get there. And honestly, both teams will probably make it regardless of who wins the division. Yeah, I, I agree that they'll both make it, but I do think this is essentially an AFC South championship, especially if, if Indy wins it. Because then if Indy wins it, they'd be a game up in the standings, but they'd also have swept um, Tennessee. So then they'd have the tiebreaker there if they finish with the same record. So it would really be huge for them. But for the Titans, you know, they, they'd have the season split, but I think it'd be good to see um, even just for a team morale that, you know, you got destroyed on your home turf on prime time by that team. I think it was like 34 to 17, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a, uh, not, not a nail biter. So I think if they uh, get that b- bounce back win in Lucas oil stadium, you know, on the road against a team that they just um, lost to, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think not only will it help in the standings, but regardless of how things shake up, I think it'll be good for them and good for their confidence to say, okay, we just beat a team that destroyed us two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And uh Speaking of two weeks ago, after that game happened on Thursday night, we made a video on it. So if you're more or if you're interested in this topic with the Titans and the Colts, we want to hear more about that in more detail. Definitely go check out that video. Uh, but Ryan, you said it. I think this is the fight for the division. Whoever wins this game is going to win the division and have the better seed. I have it being the Colts. I have a repeat of what happened last time. I think after that Packers game, I really like this team because we know their defense is good. But their offense really stepped up in that game. The running game got going a bit more. And Phillip Rivers is actually playing better. I know Ryan has been a bit skeptical about Phillip Rivers, but he played better. Michael Pittman, uh, he's, he's emerging as that number one receiver there. And uh, I think they're becoming more and more rounded. I think this defense is, is really lopsided towards the defense right now, this team is. But the offense is playing a lot better. They played good enough to win that game against the, uh, against the Packers last week. And as Ryan is flashing the time at me, that's 5.52. We got eight minutes till committee time on TV. So uh, we're going to start wrapping up this podcast. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Let's turn it over to Quiet Tyler. Hopefully he'll be louder. Let's turn it over to Quiet Tyler for the outro. Well, I'm going to try and scream it in a microphone so we can get the um, outro ready. But this, this podcast is maybe like 50 minutes long, I believe. So not a bad podcast at all. Um, Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Uh, especially glad if you're still here. Uh, make sure to, I think there's ratings on these podcasts if you do it on the podcast app. So make sure to give us a good rating. Um, if you did like what you heard, uh, we're glad five. to be, yes, a five-star rating. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so thanks for being here. We really enjoyed making this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening it just as much as we enjoyed well, making it. Here. We do have to uh, give each Give a moment of, of silence here for Brandon not being able to show up for this one. We thought it was good. Oh, yes, here, yes. Yeah. Apparently he's not. So, yeah. It was just it was just us three today, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll be back next week. Yeah, he yeah. will. Hopefully. Anyways, uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast, the Touchdown Table podcast. Make sure to tune in next week. Maybe Brandon will be back. Nice tease for you there to see if he'll be there or not. Uh, and with that, we will see you guys later. See ya. See ya. That was a little better.